Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Renee, good morning. How are you, Renee? I'm very good. I'm feeling very lively this morning. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that you're feeling lively this morning. And how was your weekend? It was very relaxing. I was at home um, with the family. We went out for the weekend, had friends over. We had we do all the just relaxing things. <laughs> ah, that's nice. Good to have a relaxing weekend from time to time. And what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, um, I'm thankful for water bottles. <laughs> okay. I think that's a very, very valid thing to be thankful for, particularly in a country like Australia where you got to be able to have water. Yeah. Also, I keep losing it. So every time I'm like, I found it again. My one is a very bright pink one so that I don't, I don't forget about it. But I always forget about it. Yeah, I'm just sort of sitting here looking at it on the, on the uh, bench this morning. I'm thinking... That's a, if you lose your water bottle on a regular basis, that's a really good colour to choose. Yeah. So it stands Bright out. and pink hydro flask. Yep. There you go. There All right. Go. So if you ever see a bright pink hydro flask floating around, it's probably Renee's. Just return it to Faith FM. You never know. You might end up with a collection of them. What are you thankful for, Lyle? So over the weekend, uh, yesterday, I well, a bunch of things. We had uh, carols on the hill, which was amazing. Ooh. Um, we had uh, Christmas service at church, which was extra amazing. Oh. We had yesterday, I put a new window in our house. So I've gone from like a small window to a big window, which is oh. really, really cool. So that was yesterday's project. Bring some more light in. Yes. <laughs> it's making me so happy. You have no idea. <laughs> I do enjoy the light. Uh, the Bible says we are children of the light. Hey. And now we actually literally are in my home. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, tell us some positively different news on this Monday morning to give us a positively different start to this week. Sure can. Well, I can start with this story. It's about a restaurant restaurant owner in D.C., Washington, and this owner isn't just any regular owner. He is known. He's got a reputation for feeding anyone regardless of circumstance, even if they can't pay. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, he nearly lost his business because of the pandemic. Um, before COVID, Sakina Halal Grill, owned by Kazi Manan, was serving up to 80 free meals to people in need each day. Um, what Kazi Manan says is he said he used to see people looking for food in trash can- cans. It would break my heart, he says. Um, and so obviously he's decided that he values, he values his community and he, he, he really just has whatever he has, he decides to give, give into, um, you know, pour into his community. It says that when COVID hit, restaurants had to close. Unfortunately, he had to let his employees go and he had to close the grill. Um, and so that just meant a loss of income into, into their home and for many people who worked at the the grill and that's a big deal because you know you have to pay for rent you have to get food on the table it's pretty stressful and so not knowing what to do one of his family members a family member in Kazi's family decided to launch a GoFundMe campaign and so they were basically saying this is what's happening this is our grill and this is what we do for the community and we really don't want to close you know we have a dream to to continue to feed people in 
need in our community. We we don't want to see people eating out out of the trash can. We we have the food and, and you know we want to share. And so um, putting up that GoFundMe page has been very beneficial. In fact, it's probably saved the restaurant. Um, he has received over three hundred and thirty-one thousand four hundred and thirty U.S. dollars. Oh, really? From over seven thousand one hundred people. Last okay, recorded. so this this is this is a guy who has banked away a lot of goodwill, and now that things have gone bad for him, exactly, that's paying out. Exactly. Um, in fact, he says this is what he preaches, and he he lives by. He says that when we see others fall, it's our responsibility to pick them up. And now he's been picked up. And exactly, that's exactly it. That's what but he lives by. And so in his response on the news to the donators, he says that he is so overwhelmed by his community for picking him up um, when he fell. And I think this story is really heartwarming because I think that businesses like this who aren't obsessed with profits um, but instead seek to meet the needs of the community and show mercy in that way deserve to be, I guess, recognised. But also just seeing that people picked him up when he was going through such a time, a, a pandemic where everyone else is struggling, but when the whole community came together to save that business, I think that was a very, a very beautiful beautiful thing and I'm a big <laughs> big supporter for, for businesses like that. Absolutely. We need to have more businesses that uh, do good things in the community and help other people out. That's right. Yeah. Um, we've also got a, another story about a green thumb man. Are, are you much into, are you a green thumb yourself? I love growing vegetables and I love oh. eating things that I've grown. I don't have a garden happening at the moment, which I'm super sad about, but okay. I do love to grow things. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Amazing. Well, there's this man in Britain, in Britain, I was going to say in Brittany. I don't know if that's a thing, but in, in the UK, he has grown the ultimate collection of houseplants, um, including a species worth uh, over $15,000. A leaf. A plant. A leaf. A leaf. Per leaf. Yes. and that's, Per leaf. Yes. Oh, that's, I need to grow one of these. This sounds like a money tree. <laughs> this, he's literally saying, oh, this, this is um, money growing on trees because he grows plants that many have been thought to be extinct. Many are endangered. Many are very hard to find. Oh, this is cool. And so a lot of collectors, which I didn't know, actually pay a lot of money, clearly, um, to buy a leaf from his plant. And I saw like there are, you know, he has very common plants. There's this plant over here, I, I'm not quite sure of the name, but it has actually white spots on it. So it's a very rare, interesting looking plants. He's 30 years old, Tony LeBritton. Um, he's turned his lounge into a jungle and transformed his spare room into an incredible greenhouse to nurture his passion. I think this is a great passion, a great hobby to have. Um, he says, though, he was inspired by his grandmother, who also was a People, he said that his people really admired his grandmother's garden. In fact, his his grandmother um, said this was his her his her hobby, and he felt that she really brought him into it, and hence why he's he's doing it now. He really felt that his grandmother, I I guess, influenced him in that way, and he he says that you know with he says he spends every three weeks he spends about three hours you know. Um, caring for his plants, watering, doing all the, the I don't know, trimming, <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of work keeping ca- <laughs> taking care of all of those. It's a, it's a lot of work. But I think my favourite th- part about this story is that he just loves to – he feels – 
he says it's good for his mind. He, he just absolutely, he, absolutely, yeah. there's no question about that. It is one of the most healing things for the mind is uh-huh. to be able to work with plants and to work in the garden. Yes, and to surround your thing, your, your, your life with natural things yes. and green things. Mm. Uh, it's going to keep the air clean and fresh That's in right. his in his home and in his greenhouse. Wherever he's growing these things, there are no negatives to this one. No, no, not at all. Uh, he says that he goes there in his he goes there every day because he enjoys it. He 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 genuinely enjoys, um, you know, being in his greenhouse. Um, he he wasn't trained in any of it. He just figured it out as he go, as he went. So there you go. Pick up a hobby this holiday. Wow. <laughs> You want to be careful to show somebody off, show it off to somebody because it's like, well, they might steal one of those leaves. How much did you say those leaves are worth? Uh, one can uh, twenty one thousand in Australian. Twenty one thousand dollars for a leaf. For a leaf, you'd want to keep an eye on that thing. <laughs> I have a special plant. I have a third generation uh, pine tree from the Battle of Lone Pine Ooh. that I grew from a seed. Oh, very nice. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's talk about some other news from around the world. Oh, we, t- we did say that we'd give some woke news this morning. So wokeness gone insane. Uh, here we go. Uh, San Francisco. A school in San Francisco has condemned Abraham Lincoln for not being woke enough uh, because he didn't show enough to – didn't do enough to show that uh, black lives mattered. So this is the guy that freed the slaves, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where is our world going? Oh, You're looking re- like, you know, they're looking way back into the past and nitpicking to a point where I'm like. Well, okay, but they're also picking on the person who should be their greatest hero. Yeah. You're completely deconstructing. History. History. To a point, what are you going to have at the end? Uh-huh. What's, what's that? What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> what? Are you, that's right. What are you trying to achieve here? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I want And what do you think this might achieve? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, that was an interesting one. <laughs> Just sort of like, wow, there's some crazy stuff going on in our world. Um, then you've got, okay, so, so talking about craziness, here's the next one. France has fined the city of Paris for having too many women on staff. <laughs> 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 Okay, so uh, the women outnumber the men on the uh, on the senior staff members for the city of Paris, eleven to six, and the law says that sex that one sex cannot outnumber another by sixty percent. Why? Uh, because this is what you get when you have um, equality of outcome rather than equality of opportunity. Yeah. You know, people should have the opportunity to pursue whatever they want to pursue, and they should have absolute. Equality in being able to pursue whatever they want to pursue. Yeah. There's obviously going to be some natural biases when that happens. Oh, for sure there is. But and, what and, you said, equality of opportunity. And you're going to face that, you know, in. That's your, a given. That's that's a given. <laughs> and that's part of life, it's unfortunately. Part of life. It's okay. <laughs> but, there's, but there should be equality of opportunity wherever we go. Yeah. And the thing that interests me about this one is, is that, um, and, and, you know. <sighs> This is, I'm going to have a bit of a bugbear against feminism right now, but they get all up in arms because there is inequality in senior positions, but when it's inequality in their favour, they're not getting up in arms. Mm. Mm, okay, yeah, I hear you. That's a double standard. Yeah. But anyway, 
they've been fined and they're very much upset about it and all of the, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so we did tell uh, this is the next one that will blow your mind in Seattle. They are bringing in new laws to make stealing legal. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. right. Okay. okay, so this is uh, a, a, an affirmative defense for theft. And so basically uh, if you're stealing for food or to um, pay rent, um, that's then okay? that's okay. Okay, that's a... That's going a bit backwards. Like- okay, but what, what you just got about got to think about this for a moment, then, right? So, if you are stealing for food or for rent, now this is in a country where they have a safety net, right? They have social security, mm-hmm. they have public housing, and so the only reason that you would need to steal food, steal to pay for food or for rent, is because you have mismanaged the money that you've already been given for nothing. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want, you know, there's a whole sector of society who don't want to work. Yes, yes. And they would prefer to live off of Social Security and because it's there, they choose not to work. Well, now if if they mismanage that and they don't have enough and they can't, you know, provide for their food that week or they can't pay their rent or whatever it might be, they're now allowed to go and take it from whoever they want. Hmm. Uh, Of course, this this um, legislation hasn't passed yet, but it has uh, been put forward. Um, so yeah, that's they're, they're basically the government's come through and said, "Well, we should give people permission to steal if they have mismanaged their money." Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Try, struggling there a bit, Renee. Yeah, struggling. I got to do that. I'm struggling with some of these stories. It's like, what is going on here? What kind of a world do we live in? Exactly, and. Sh- Surely the Lord is going to come soon because this is just nuts and insanity that yes. is taking over insanity. our world. Insanity, that's the good word, yeah. Okay, so let's change tack and let's talk about Fiji. We need to be praying for Fiji Ooh, this yes. morning. Yeah. Um, Fiji's been absolutely smashed and uh, we need to be praying for everybody over there. One of the strongest strongest storms on record in mm, history Yeah. Uh, has gone through Fiji. I think they were recording, uh, it was Category 5 and... Uh, Edging up towards Category Six, mm-hmm. uh, three hundred and fifty kilometre hour winds. Um, the clean up and the rebuild that was, of course went through on Thursday. The clean up and the rebuilding has yeah. started there um, in Fiji. This was Cyclone Yasa. Remarkably, they've only recorded four dead so far, but mm-hmm. they do have at least ten islands where they've been, not been able to establish any form of communication okay. yet. Yeah. Um, uh, I should get you to do this story because you can do all these islander names. The <laughs> Makuata province, forty uh-huh. percent uh, destruction. These is this is you know surveys that they've taken Ooh. from air, so forty percent of homes destroyed there. Mm. Uh, the Bua province, seventy percent destruction in Kia, hundred percent destruction. Every single building flattened. Wow. Okay. So we really need to be praying for these guys and, you know, there's going to be some um, appeals going out yeah. and those kind of things to help and we need to dig deep and help at a time like this because, um, you know, they're our neighbours here in Australia. They're mm-hmm. our neighbours. They're on our doorstep and they're one of our, you know, favourite holiday destinations yeah. other than COVID, of course. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, we need to uh, – it's time for us to step up and uh, look for some ways to give them some support. <laughs> and that, of course, while we're talking about weather – and the elements. We've been having a bit of um, precipitation around New South Wales we lately. We have, indeed. Uh, a lot of water in various places. 
we've kind of got off reasonably lightly here in the Newcastle area compared to other places. Mm -hmm. But it looks like that might be about to change with severe weather warnings coming through for Maitland and flooding. Uh, That's where I live. Um, And in the north of the state, the northeast of the state, they are forecasting large hailstones. So kind of rain right across the state. (laughs) Our state is pretty soggy at the moment already. Yes, it is. And so I don't know there's anywhere for the water to go. Um, it's going to run down the rivers. The river's going to rise up. And the other place that is getting smashed with uh, rain is Western Australia. Um, in some regions in Western Australia, they had uh, a foot of rain. That's, um, or nearly a foot, I should say, 250 millimetres. Uh, the first six inches or first half of that fell in just one hour. Ooh. I've never seen <laughs> rain like that. Oh, that's ooh. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Broome area up north spreading right across the Tanami and into Northern Territory is going to get smashed with lots and lots of rain. One final quick story. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church just lost a bid to block sex abuse victim payouts. Um, they were trying to block that because these were payouts that were made back in the 1990s and when the people received that, they signed uh, a document to say that they wouldn't ask for any more, but they have since pointed out that you know community expectations, understanding of the results of child abuse, and laws have all changed since the 1990s, and that these people are eligible for a lot more than the $30,000 payouts that they had way back then, and uh, the courts have found that to be the case um, and found against the Catholic Church in that case. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And joining us here in the studio, we have the one and only Justin Lawman. Now, Justin, you're a bit of a legend around these parts. You've been getting yourself into all kinds of strife on occasions and creating <laughs> ripples all over the place. And uh, I'm just wondering what we should talk about today. We could, uh, you know, head down some controversial paths or how not to get into trouble. We could, I could give you good lessons on how we don't get into trouble. Okay. Just and don't get is, out of bed. Just don't ever do anything. Just don't try and change the world, and you'll have a peaceful life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this is um, this is if this is lessons on how not to get into trouble. I mean, how recent is it that uh, you've actually put these lessons into practice, Justin? Because <laughs> I, I didn't say I practice it. I just say that's what you got to do. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Now, um, hey, let's 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 go back and let's talk about your. Um, your journey of faith and, and, and where, where you come from, what God has done in your life. Uh, where, does that, where does that journey start? Uh, probably as a young child going to church uh, with my mum and dad and, and sisters. Uh, today it's just my mum and, and myself in, in the church, but my grandmother had a profound impact on me. And I say that to all those listening, if you have grandchildren or you know, modeling something was so powerful. My grandmother was like, she just had such faith in God. When she started to pray, you ducked because <laughs> something was going to happen if my ma was praying and she prayed. She was a prayer warrior and I'd be out drinking as a teenager and partying with my mates and you get to two and three in the morning and I just think of my grandmother and <laughs> what she would think of me and I, I don't know, it messed me up and I knew she was praying for me. Uh. And um, it was really that woman and what she was and what she stood for and her straight dinky-die faith that got to me. It got to me. How old were you? When I got converted, I was 19. Uh, 
I was drunk with my mates on the Gold Coast again. You know, I I I never really wanted to lead the church. I always, because of the influence as a child of learning the Bible, going to Sabbath school, going to church. I I I always believed it. But I didn't know how to practice it, and the world just lured me away over time. And I didn't go to a Christian school. I didn't really have many friends that were committed Christians, and I just hung out with all my mates and and sometimes led them in in bad ways. So I was drunk on the Gold Coast Surface Paradise one night and uh, mocking these girls that were giving out uh, little books, and I went over to mock them, and I said, "What religion are you girls?" And they said, "We're Seventh Day Adventists." And I was very drunk, so I said, "Oh, the Remnant Church." And they said, "How did you know that?" I said, "Oh, you'd be surprised what I know, being very smug." And they handed me the little book, Steps to Christ, had a picture of Jesus knocking on a door, E.G. White down the bottom, and it messed me up. And I've never drunk alcohol again from that day. Praise God. From the day I got that little book in my hand. Had you, had you read that book before? Parts of it, yeah. Did, I you, had. did you read the copy they gave you? I was too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where it is. I think actually I went back about 10 minutes afterwards. I went down to McDonald's and I'm holding this book and I was absolutely smashed under conviction, not alcohol. I was under conviction of the spirit. I was lost and I knew it. And I went back down to these girls, I don't know who they are, not to this day, and passed them the book back and said, girls, this is a good book. Give it to someone who needs it. It's too late for me. Mm. And walked away from them. And they were calling me saying, it's never too late. They'll try to minister me. And I was, my mates grabbed me and just drug me down the street and they never saw me again. But little did they know that one event was the straw that broke the camel's back. And uh, that was a defining point in my life. Probably. That's that's a powerful experience right there. Now, from there, your your journey takes you down the path of ministry. How do you go from being a drunk nineteen year old on the streets <laughs> of uh, the Gold Coast um, to being involved in full time ministry? That life of full time ministry. It's funny. I, from that experience, I went from you know I, I tolerated church to absolutely loving it, and I'd go to business meetings as a nineteen year old. I remember turning up there and all the people looking at me thinking, what is he doing here? But I just all of a sudden fell in love with anything that had to do with God and Jesus and the Bible. And I went to a prayer meeting with some people that were older and some of them were a bit extreme, but they knew their Bibles. And I mean, I got into the Bible and I loved the scriptures and I fell in love and I learned really quickly because of these experienced people around me, learning, learning, learning. I was at this the average age of that prayer meeting was pretty high and I was 19, <laughs> but I learned so much. And then the the pastor, this was at Landsborough Church on the Sunshine Coast, and the pastor, Jeff Donovan, asked me to preach once. It was 1992. It was January 11. He was desperate because <laughs> he was away on holidays. He needed someone to preach. And I said, he asked me, and I just said, yes. And like I couldn't even read the mission story. So I, 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 my voice would crack. And that day, God was with me and just it just went off. And something came out that had never been there before. It's how, old were you, how, old you, how old were you at this stage? 
This was probably a, a year later or something. Yeah, um, yeah something. In my 20- what were you doing with your life at the time? I worked for a civil engineering company, Paveways, on the Sunshine Coast. So I built sewage and stormwater system for big subdivisions. Highways, we'd do the big uh, pipes and stuff. So I was mainly in that space and I really enjoyed that job. And um, But God was calling me to something different and I got a sense I was supposed to be a pastor. And it was gnawing. After that day I preached, everyone pestered me and I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, so I made a test with God. I said, God, if I'm supposed to, make this, this and this happen, and it all happened. And I've never doubted I've been called to it from that day. And the church sort of acknowledged that through ordination and da-da-da-da-da and um, fruit. So, I, I, you know, that's just what I'm called to do. Sometimes I wish I wasn't, <laughs> but I am, so I keep doing it. Amen. Now, your, uh, your, 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 your life in ministry has given you many adventures and taken you to different parts of the world. Sure has, yeah. Um, you lived in the States for a while? I did three years in Southern California Conference, uh, working with the conference and, and Pastor John Carter, the Carter Report. We traveled the world doing mission things in India and Russia and all sorts of places. What got you started in public evangelism? Oh, I love it. I just can't help but tell people. It's not that I think I'm great at it or anything. I just can't help it. It's it's a bit addictive. Um, soul winning is a disease that you catch. <laughs> and if you yourself got converted... I, I just love nothing more than seeing someone come to faith. Well, see, here's what you need to do, Justin. You need to uh, team up with us here at Faith FM, start producing a, uh, a radio show out of uh, Canberra Church where you're pastoring at the moment, and you'll get to talk to more people about Jesus every day than anyone else in Australia. Well, that's why you're here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used can, to do radio you can, you can in LA. On, you I can was, come on after me. Yeah, I had a radio program in Los Angeles, KKLA. I was on TV over there as well, and I'd done all that stuff, and... It's really important. It makes an impact on people for years and years to come. You never know. I've been so influenced by things I've heard. So, yeah, it's a good thing. At the moment, you go through different phases and stuff, and at the moment I'm really knuckling down on building team and and becoming a a very effective at winning people as a a church. And uh, you can go and read books about it and all that stuff, but I... I'd actually rather just do it and learn again. And I I had 10 years out of the local church. I was in administration. So to go back now to the local church was a big adjustment and a relearning, and I actually do things differently now to what I probably ever did before too. Okay, so let me me ask you about that 10 years in administration because while you're doing that 10 years in admin, that would have been the time period when the breakfast show actually got started, right? Amen, brother. And how did that take place? Oh, it's good people. It's about team, and that's one thing I really learned in the office. We had, and I think you guys still have, an amazing team, and we'd just bring in people. And Christian Copacciano in, in Melbourne was, you know, Christian and I, he was a he was a, uh, a pre-turn with me in, in Port Macquarie. I know Christian really well. And then Nick Kute, his friend I employed, and and we let's do some radio. Let's get this going. Let's buy up every station we can. Let's just anything you can do to tell the world about Jesus, I'm into it. Yep. If it's involving soul winning, I support it. If it's not, uh, you're probably not going to see me there. Yep. Yep. And this is soul winning 101. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the most effective means possible. So we built a studio in the office. And I had a, a treasurer beside me and a general secretary, Paul and Russell, who are just 
sold on mission. So we got stuff done and, and we went off. We built a, a Bible school with, with Dave Ashrick and, and Matt Parr and, and Ty Gibson, the Arise guys. We've had all those Bible workers. We did a, a lot of that. Let's get this job done. That was the attitude. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay, tell me about uh, Red Dog Productions. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I've always had a vision to uh, the great prophecies of the Bible, which are what messed me up as a Bible student when I'm just coming into church. They messed me up because mm. you you can pretend you're an atheist or agnostic or don't care, and then you study these prophecies and they're overwhelming. You, you can't tell me God didn't speak through the Bible. I can show you He did. Absolutely. But in in the wider society and the people listening to that, the, the knowledge of it is almost. We've gone backwards. Their, lo- their knowledge is shocking. It's non-existent. And they're the most profound things ever written, ever given to man. So I've always had this burden since 2010. I was working with the Vincent boys. Let's make a documentary. No, Pull no punches. Smack people up the side of the head. This is what the Bible says in prophecy. Not a preacher, but a documentary. We can put it in any language we like. It can go anywhere in the world. But we have failed the world if we haven't told them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll try and do it as a preacher. You know, you'll you be doing it better than me, Lyle. <laughs> no, so we, 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 all, we try and tell people, we try and teach this. And you know when you well, teach it. it. It's, it's kind of frustrating with Bible prophecy because, as you say, you can show people categorically that God exists and that God is real and that God cares for you and is interested in you, in you as an individual. But who's preaching about Bible prophecy these days? Yeah. I mean, you can go to church for your whole life and a third of the Bible is made of a Bible prophecy. Nobody ever touches it. The devil hates it and he's he's cooked up so many ways within and without of the church to to make people ignorant. So I just just cut through all that. Let's make compelling documentaries and let's get them on TV. Okay, so we've got Daniel 2 and it's fantastic. It is um, good. Kingdom Come, we've had yeah. that. Uh, we've been promoting that here on Faith FM quite widely and we'll continue to do so. When do we get Daniel 7? Yeah, we're, we're in the phase right now. The, they've made a script and we want to do it. That was the one. Oh, I'd do that first. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> like, smack people. Show them who the Antichrist, who who is the Antichrist and everything that's... We're not waiting. He's here. He's that's doing right. his work. Absolutely. It's all happening. And what are we doing? Like, uh, just... We push your foot around and try and be singing politically Singing Kumbaya. Yeah. <laughs> like, We've got to tell the world and we have to do it now. I don't, I don't care for... I always get my history. biggest attendances at my public evangelism when I tell people I'm going to preach about the Antichrist and I'm going to name names. You know, people turn up for that kind of stuff. Contro- controversy is, look at YouTube. You only watch stuff that's in your face. That's right. It, 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 the worst sin in the world today is to bore people. <laughs> and and that these prophecies are not boring. They are so controversial, they'll ban you from teaching them in public. Absolutely. If you teach this in all its truth through just what it says, you'll be run out of town. And, and there's a lot of countries in the world where you can go to jail for it. Yep. Yep, we were, we were run out of India in the middle of the night uh, working with Carter there. They, they got him on a plane, gone. After he taught Daniel 7, they shut down 30,000 people attending the mission. I was there. They shut him down, and then we were doing satellite sites. They shut us down, and we were driven out of the country in the middle of the night. And it happened after he preached on Daniel chapter 7. Yeah, see, Daniel chapter 7, Revelation chapter 13 and 14, these are central chapters in Bible prophecy. And they are, you know, they are being fulfilled. This is the thing. They are being fulfilled in right now. People, people can see it happening. They know it's happening. That's what gets people upset, you know. Pastor Carter angered the beast that night. Mm-hmm. And they got us driven out of the city. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. I know it. And so 
How am I? How am I failing? I'm failing my fellow Australians if I haven't told them what they do with it. That is between them and God. But yeah. I've got to tell them. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, so I can't wait for uh, Red Dog Productions to bring out Daniel 7, and then I guess uh, we've got uh, 8 and 9 after that. I want to do um, 7, probably go straight to Mm 9, and then go to to Revelation 12, 13, and 14. But you, we're we're dependent. We're a not for profit. We're we're dependent on support and everything. But God will God will bless that. Being that, yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Now uh, you've been down here at uh, Grey Nomads and been doing a series of meetings on the Book of Romans. Give us a. We, we've been putting the the full presentations there, but not everybody has the time to sit down and listen to the full presentation. Give us a in a nutshell, um, chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven, chapter eight. Summarize each chapter for us in a sentence or two. Okay, chapter 5 is how we're saved. We're justified by nothing we do. We're declared innocent as if we've never sinned. Chapter 6 is what then do we do about how we live? How are we going to live now that we've been saved? And we, we've been identified in Jesus through baptism and faith and, and we're now, we're his. We follow him wherever he goes. Chapter 7, we have to deal with the law and Paul, Paul deals with the purpose of the great Ten Commandment law of the Old Testament it's really to point us to Jesus that we need a saviour. We can't just say, oh, yeah, sin doesn't matter. It matters. It put Jesus on a cross. But chapter 8 is the power of the Holy Spirit. If if you're listening today and you you have a life that you know needs changing, you don't know how to change, that's the Holy Spirit. He changes us. And, and chapter 8, Paul ends his argument there by quoting in that chapter, he refers to the Holy Spirit more than any other chapter in the entire Bible. And that's an indication to all of us as Christians how desperately we need a devotional life, we need a prayer life and a Bible reading life so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining us here on Faith FM and thank you for the work that you're doing and uh, particularly the presentations that we've been having. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.